Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning. And of course, as always, you are here with Lyle and Mon. And this morning we have somebody who has texted in. This is Jordan from Newcastle with what they are thankful for. And i got to say that right now I am thankful for the rain that is pumping outside, but you might not be because... This is the delayed broadcast. But more about that in just a moment. Let's talk about what Jordan is thankful for. Jordan says, I'm thankful for the book of Proverbs. Okay, that's new. It has taught me how dumb, foolish, silly I am. Okay. Yep, me too. It has also taught me wisdom We can uh, wisdom can be uh, can be gained and developed. Wisdom is a skill. It's something we have to learn and seek out. We are not born with with wisdom, just as we are not born knowing how to do math. We have to learn wisdom, and it's a beautiful thing to learn and a beautiful skill to have. The more I learn about wisdom, the more I learn about God. Wisdom is not philosophy, or wisdom is from our wisdom is from God. Wisdom is learning how He will handle people's issues, difficult situations, life problems. When I know how God will. Problem solved, the more I'm in wisdom. So, Jordan from Newcastle, who is super thankful about wisdom. Okay, so coming up in today's show, we have an exciting show. And as I mentioned earlier, this is the delayed broadcast. And so if you would like to hear the live show, it's very simple. You simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play. Or even better, if you have a mobile device, you simply download the TuneIn Radio app. When you get that app... And it says, do you want a one-month free trial or a two-month free trial? Ignore that. Just simply press the X in the top corner and it will work for free, entirely for free. And you'll be able to listen to Faith FM anywhere in the world. So don't forget to listen to the uh, TuneIn app um, and you can listen to the live show, participate in the quiz and the clues and uh, call in and, and all, all, of, all of that. Okay, so moving on with uh, what's coming up in today's show, we have a great segment where we have Dr. Ross Grant joining us. Dr. Ross Grant is somebody who has a long string of qualifications after his name that I will announce when the time comes because I can't remember them all off the top of my head right now. But he is here in response to an article that came out in relationship to caffeine. And he will be answering some questions that have created a storm of social media interest on our Facebook site over the last uh, month or so with people uh, questioning this whole issue of caffeine and how big of a uh, an issue it actually is. And so we, we've gone, you know what, we're going to get the guy on who actually does the research to share with us. So that's coming up and much more. Stay tuned. This is Faith FM.
listening to Chris McLarney, Breathe On Me, Breath of God, there on Faith FM, here on Faith FM this morning. I hope you get together yet. And uh, Mon, what have you got for our first clue for the quiz? Okay, so we are going to do a What Creature Am I quiz. Okay. Mm, what creature is this? A different one? We usually do like Who Am I or something. This is What Creature Am I? And the first clue is... According to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 39, men have one kind of flesh, animals another, and birds another, and I have another. Mm, So four different kinds of flesh there, men, animals, birds, and this. And uh, if you know what that is, give us a call. (laughs) Do you know what it is, Lyle? I don't think you do. Uh, I'm going to work on this one. It's just, I'm going to work on this bit, one bit, between between now and the next clue. Yeah, yeah. You better be quick because <laughs> because the offer still stands, ladies and gentlemen. If you can figure it out before Lyle figures out, I will send you double prizes. The number to call is one eight hundred Faith FM one eight hundred three two four eight four three. According to First Corinthians fifteen verse thirty nine. Men have one kind of flesh, animals another, and birds another, and I have another. What critter is that? Give me a call. Lyle. Yes. Today I want to talk about old people. Okay. Yeah. Is that all right? <laughs> Why would I be offended about you talking about old people? <laughs> Why do you have to ask my permission? I'm, just I'm suddenly, suddenly feeling very insecure right now. I'm just messing with I you. I'm not an old. I'm a middle-aged person. Yeah, Mid- yeah. Middle age is the best age. Yeah, is it? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but but. If people say that at any age. They're like, oh, this is the best age. But it's like you haven't yet been all the ages. You can't, <laughs> you can't really determine that, can you? <laughs> Life just gets better the when older you, you get. When you die, I'll let me know which age was the best. <laughs> no worries. I'll, I'll Okay, so as, as you know, Lyle, um, mm-hmm. in like a week, I'm going to be flying off to Germany. A week? Um, yeah. Yeah. What's today? Today's like the fourth or the fifth or something. A it's, week? Yeah. Yeah. It's a week. A week away. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Week, yeah. Wednesday night, a week away. There you go. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm flying off to Germany for my friend's wedding. And I thought, you know what? While I'm in Germany, uh, let me look up my grandparents mm-hmm. because- yes. um, my gra- my grandmother, my <coughs> biological grandmother, is still in contact, um, you know, via phone with um, my family. Um, although I haven't really seen her much in my lifetime, but my biological grandfather, um, he divorced from my grandmother um, when my mum was quite young, so way before I was ever born, and uh, and so. They uh, also didn't like the fact that my mum married a Christian and so there was a bit of ostracization. And then, you know, sure, they patched it up, but it was never fully repaired. And so there's mm-hmm. not been any contact for many, many years. Uh, I've only ever met him once when I was eight years old mm-hmm. and uh, and have never really heard from or anything from him again. And uh, and so I thought, you know what? Hey, I'm in Germany. Let me just turn up at his doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? And just see what happens. Be careful not to give him a heart attack. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little bit worried about that, actually. <laughs> But uh, I mean, they're not going to recognise me, so I'll, I'll ease them into the fact that I, that I'm Monica Galash, his granddaughter. <laughs> but um, but I've been thinking about like you know, you know, what do I say? How they're going to react? How's it going to be? Is it going to be like super awkward? Um, like, yeah, so you know. A million different scenarios running through my mind. <laughs> this is exciting. Yeah, it is exciting, but um. <clears throat> 
I was actually looking. You're gonna on, have to call us from Germany and let us know how it goes. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, I know this sounds crazy, but I bought a lanyard the other day to hang around my neck, so I can hang my phone around my neck, and I'm gonna have the camera on record, <laughs> so my hands are free, and I can record his reaction. <laughs> Is that crazy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> anyway, yep. so I've been thinking about old people a lot, and there are two stories about old people in the good news today, and uh, and I wanted to share them because they really they're really encouraging, and I really hope that the kind of person my grandfather is is something similar to the people in these stories because these really are good news stories. So the first one was actually one that popped up uh, last week or something and I didn't think too much of it, but there's been a follow-up done to it. So a lady was driving her, her daughter to school and dropped her off at a different entrance and her daughter got really upset. And uh, and her mum was like, you know, what was the difference? And she's like, you know, if you drop me off on the other side of the school, uh, there's a little old man who stands outside the school and uh, and he, he she says, he stands at the steps where you drop me off and encourages all the students as they walk in. He talks about kindness and gives us advice and fist bumps. It's the best part of the day. Nice. And isn't that sweet? That's yeah. awesome. And usually you'd be like, oh, there's, there's an old man loitering around a school it sounds like you know some predatory he's, he's obviously taken steps to make sure that he's not seen as a predator yeah because yeah. he's giving everyone a fist bump yeah and he's giving out advice and stuff and so the mum the mum dropped her off and then drove yeah, that, her around that's, that's obviously somebody who's aware uh-huh. of who he is mm-hmm. and what the dangers are yep and he's like okay I'm, I'm, I'm going to make sure that you know I'm here I'm visible yep. I can do something positive mm-hmm. because you know Adults and older people need to be doing positive things and yes. mentoring young children. Yeah. And it's really, really hard. And I know as a exactly. minister, I'm just like, how do I even go about doing this without looking like a creep yeah, these days yeah, in yeah, today's world? You, you know, get it's mistaken like, so quickly. Just avoid children. Just yeah. stay away from kids. You yeah, know? which is what – we shouldn't swing out the other side and avoid kids. We <coughs> Not need at to all. Find Not a at safe, all. A safe we way to really, do really, really do. And he's found a safe way to do it. <laughs> Um, he's in public. He's not doing anything behind the scenes, and he's not making. You know, he's not even shaking hands. Well, the, she put this. The mother put this story up on Facebook, and of course, it went viral to the point where actually a local journalist went and interviewed him and discovered he's a ninety-four-year-old veteran. Oh wow! And for the last ten years, his name is Wally Richardson. For the last ten years, he's been standing outside this school, um, giving kids uh, life advice and fist bumps and greeting them um, because he's concerned. He said, you know, he started learning about, you know, depression and anxiety, you know, hitting our kids younger and younger. And he got so concerned. He's like, you know, what can I do? And so he's like, do you know what? I'm going to go down to the school and I'm just going to give them advice and encourage them because, you know, <laughs> giving them a little a little happy pep talk at the beginning of the day might set their course on a better day. And this is why he's 94 years old and probably still going strong. Yeah, exactly. He has and a s- purpose. Sitting on his couch at home. Watching TV and rotting away, it'd be long dead by now. Yeah, yeah. Well, since this whole story broke and it's, you know, become quite famous <coughs> and uh, and what the school has now done is they've decided, because he is 94 and we do need to be, you know, facing reality, they probably won't be around for too much longer. Yeah. They decided to commemorate his 10 years of service to the school and uh, and so they're, they're in the process of painting a mural um, where they have a they have a painting of him they've already got like that underway um, but written around it is the his little golden nuggets of advice so the students can always remember them so they're, they're putting in their favourite ones that they've heard from him over the years and, and those are going up on the mural which is just so beautiful that's awesome yeah, yeah fantastic think, we need we need more of it much more of it 
I I wish I wish I had some little old man who like fist bumped me as I walked into work every morning <laughs> and gave me a good word. <laughs> oh, but just brighten your day every day. Yeah, I reckon. Uh, but the other incredible uh, elderly person story is there a PC term for old? I don't know. Ah, just get over it. <laughs> yeah, good. Thanks. So the old, the other old person. Uh, let's it, speak about. Let's live in the world of reality, yeah, shall we? Thank you. Thank Why you. Why not? Uh, is from South Africa, and this is a seventy-eight-year-old bodybuilder, right? Okay. Yep. And so he he isn't just a, a fitness hero for people on the internet. So you know, um, because of his age and the fact that he's still a bodybuilder, he has amassed quite a following on the internet, as you mm-hmm. can imagine, he would have done uh, with advice and stuff. His name's Calvin Fortuyn, and uh, he's been lifting weights since he was. 14 years old mm. so he's now um, oh and, the, and when he was 64 he was the oldest bodybuilder still competing in South Africa okay he's now 78 and uh, and he's decided to um to use his bodybuilding skills for something a little bit different than than competing in bodybuilding. So when he was a kid, um, you know, his father made him bodybuilding equipment out of concrete and cement. But now, after a lifetime of competing, he has a really impressive home gym. Um, but he realized that in his hometown of Heidedel, uh, that there's lots of, you know, street danger. And in South Africa, you know, street crime is yeah, huge yep. and a massive problem. Yep. So he opens up his home to um, to take in just street kids, just street youths, and he mentors them. So at the moment, he's mentoring about 30 young men and women, and they're just keen to stay out of trouble. They don't really have anywhere else to go. And so they turn up at this guy's house, and he's basically set up a home gym for them. Oh, wow. And he helps train them, gives them advice, because he says, you know, the, the discipline and uh, and the learning and, the and you know, the repetition. And the exercise. Yes, exactly. All of that is going to be Healthy fantastic. body, healthy mind. Yeah. You know, he says you can achieve anything in life if you have a healthy body and a healthy mind. He's like, you don't yeah. have to be a bodybuilder you know, competing, but uh, taking steps towards, uh, you know, health both mentally and physically um, can really set these kids up for life. Mm-hmm. Like, this is amazing. Like, I would love it if someone in my neighborhood had a free home gym that I could just use. Yeah, but, you know, he, t- the fact that he also provides mentoring and, you know, and, and life guidance, mm-hmm. these are the kind of old people Absolutely. that we need in our community. That's what this we need right there. This is the kind of old person that I aspire to be. And actually, do you know what? I'm going to open up the phone lines. If you know an old person who is doing something incredible for the world, like even in their old age, you're still, I don't know, reaching down to the young kids and, and helping them up in their life, give us a call now and tell us all about these old people. 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. And give us a call if you know the quiz because Lyle still hasn't figured it out. <laughs>
You are listening to People of the Earth with uh, Home here on Faith FM. And as we move on with the quiz, I had a most unusual experience with this quiz clue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, had, I had it all along even though I didn't think I had it. Yeah, you knew the answer. You just didn't realise you knew the answer. <laughs> so here's what happened. The, um, <laughs> Don't give it away by talking about it. Don't do a lie on yourself. My brain knew the answer. I wrote the answer down. I'm like, no, but that was in the clue. Yeah. I read out I read out the options and your brain sort of subconsciously filled in the blank. Filled in the blank. And then and so then I wrote, the, I wrote the options down. I'm like, there's nothing missing from this. What, what's going on <laughs> what here? What else is in this verse? <laughs> anyway, let me give you clue number two. What creature am I? I came into existence on the fifth day of creation. You can still win a prize. You can win a double prize. It's because Lyle has figured it out. But uh, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, and we will send you a prize if you get it right. Oh, by the way, Jin Jin Adventist Church has been gloating. Oh, I can imagine. On Facebook. Oh, my God. Good on you, Jin Jin. <laughs> They're like our very own Chloe putting Jin Jin on the map. Yes, yes. For those of you who weren't listening in the last few weeks, uh, Chloe from Jin Jin has now been the only person to win the prize to figure out the clue before Lyle and get double prizes. And she's now done it twice. Done it, twi- done it as to of me yesterday. twice. Done it to me twice. What? <laughs> what? Do you do? It makes me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're in that part of Queensland, then head along to Jinjin Church and uh, where they're clearly teaching their kids right. Child pro- protege <laughs> up there that uh, prodigy, you mean pro- prodigy, whatever. <laughs> you the word. Oh, maybe they just maybe they've just got a really great Sabbath school. I teacher. think they have. A, I think they have a really great Sabbath school teacher. Yeah, hats Absolutely. off to Sabbath school yeah. teachers. So if you're in that area, way. then uh, make it your church and mm-hmm. uh, head along there on a Saturday morning and be blessed. Amen. All right, so in more serious news, type 2 diabetes um, affects 1.7 million people in Australia um, with another 2 million people in process of contracting type 2 diabetes, one of the fastest growing diseases that we have in our country right now. Are you serious? New report that's just come in. Now, of course, this is a lifestyle disease, mm-hmm. so it's a disease Absolutely. you give to yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's absolutely no need for this disease to exist. None whatsoever. Of course, when you get this disease, you'll get you'll be on insulin, mm-hmm. and once again, there is no need for you to be on insulin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You simply need to change your lifestyle yep. and get rid of the disease. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, in the first few years, that's going to be much more easy, much easier. They say after you've been on, you know, insulin for you know ten years or more, it can be very, very challenging to mm-hmm. um, to fully reverse it. Yeah. But it's fully reversible. This is yeah. a this is a disease that you choose to have. Yeah, that's and that's very um a bit of a controversial statement there. But no, it is. It, it's true. And uh, and I've often said, and I've, I've like I mean, I heard a doctor say this, and I had a big mull over it, and I, I realize it's true. And now I say it too. But if I had to pick a disease to be inflicted with, it would be diabetes, simply because it is such a it's so easy to a cure. toothless tiger because yeah. it is so easily. And so completely reversible. I would absolutely 100% pick diabetes over anything. Even yeah. over a broken bone, I'd mm. pick diabetes. Mm. Yeah. Of course, the um, <coughs> it costs Australia $14 billion per year. This is type 2. So we're not talking about type 1, which is a autoimmune disease. Um, <coughs> and the World Health Organization uh, states that by 2030, it will be up to number seven in the leading cause of death. So it will. Ooh. alcohol is currently number seven, mm-hmm. and type 2 diabetes is uh, going to head up there. Uh, the countries that are the worst afflicted is Southeast Asia, North Africa, the Middle East, Oceania, 
And of course, here in Australia, our Indigenous community has twice the incidence of type 2 diabetes as the rest of the population. But uh, I think it's interesting that, you know, they mentioned Oceania there. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know we would ex- when I saw that list there, I'm like, oh yeah, America's going to be at the top of the list. It's not actually. Yeah, it's not. And uh, uh, of course, in countries like Samoa, mm-hmm. you have nearly half of the population with type two diabetes. Whoa. You know, and 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 people just this is a, this is a pandemic mm-hmm. that is um, a dreadful scourge on our world. And uh, people, yeah, hey, let me encourage you all. This is this is about weight gain. Mm. Um, weight gain around the middle. If you have weight gain around the middle, then you have five times more likelihood of developing diabetes. Yeah. And so this is a great this is a great opportunity. It is spring, so have some spring cleaning in your body. Yes. And uh, spring give yourself your fridge, a spring uh, clean the cupboard and spring clean your body. Spring clean the freezer. Get the ice cream <coughs> out of there. Yep. Mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff. And make some positive changes. Yeah. And those positive changes, they're going to be fairly tough for the first month. Mm-hmm. But after that, it's just going to get easier and easier and easier and easier. And uh, Until yeah. you, just, you do without even thinking about yeah, it. Absolutely. It just becomes, becomes who you are. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I can testify to that to myself because I've had to make some health changes myself mm-hmm. in uh, recent times. And they've been so positive. I'm such a... You know, since we we, we um, eliminated sugar and desserts, um, sweet drinks, all that kind of stuff from our home, my wife decided she's going to go sugar free. I'm like, hey, if you don't buy it, I won't eat it. Mm-hmm. And I'm such a nicer person without sugar. Oh, bless, <laughs> loyal. <laughs> yeah, but it's true. If you wanna, if you wanna have a personality change or a character change, often starting with diet can really help. It's all about weight control. Yep. Some of the things that we've been talking about over the last uh, few days, we've talked about alcohol, mm-hmm. which is a major, major contributor, one of the biggest contributors to uh, diabetes and obviously weight gain, heart disease, cancer, all that kind of stuff as well. Um, today we've got Dr. Ross Grant joining us for our interview, so stay tuned for that. You do not want to miss that. He's going to be Very talking about, about um, this. caffeine. We've had mm-hmm. a, a heated uh, social media conversation in relationship to coffee and tea and caffeine and all mm-hmm. these kind of things. So we're going to find out from the expert. It's funny actually, Lyle, because anytime we've posted our social media on our um, on something to do with food or drink, anything to do with appetite, the reaction is is can be absolutely volatile. It's probably the most volatile reactions we get when we post oh, on is. is ones that we post. Why, why is this so? It's so emotional. Why is food and drink so emotional to us? Like someone says what I mean, you're eating isn't healthy <coughs> and people lose it. Well, that's where Satan first started out. Yep. He tempted us with food. He and knew where to get us. And that's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to another story, um, just listening to the news on the way to work this morning, there was an interesting report on uh, um, on pedophilia and they were pointing out that in the year 1990, uh, experts in the UK estimated that there were about 7,000 images of child abuse oh. worldwide. Oh. 7,000 in 1990. Right now, they're estimating that that figure is in the hundreds of millions. Oh, that's so repulsive. Hundreds of millions. And, and, you know, the Bible says at the end of time, evil men shall grow worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Now put that on a graph for a moment. Yes, yeah, spiked. And, 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 and put it on a graph be- beside any other of the signs of the times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to find massive spikes, but there is no spike as massive as this one. Mm-hmm. Where we are just, you know, 
completely abusing, um, you know, the, the most innocent people that are out there. Yeah. And they talked about the challenges of policing it. They talked about, you know, the dark web and, you know, you can you can find, you know, a, 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 a police officer, say, in India can, can, can track down the origin of uh, one of these sources, but it's in another country. He calls them up, you know, and the chances of something actually being done about mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. is just so far and so remote and so unlikely. Mm-hmm. And then, of course... You know, you've got all of these extradition treaties that yeah, you know complicate everything, and they're just saying, "Look, we need to have a global approach to this." Mm. And somehow or other, we need to create a situation to deal with the dark web. Mm-hmm. We need to create some legislation. Mm. We need to have countries from around the world to sign up to it, and those that don't sign up to them, we need to just shame that country as a bunch of pedophiles. Yep, and uh, and 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 you know, put the strictest possible um, sanctions on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they're just refusing to sh- sign up to child protection, and uh, we need to create a global police force. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Now that's something that I thought I would never say. Yeah, because it has <laughs> me who preaches against globalism all the time, uh-huh, uh-huh. and the Bible predicts globalism. And maybe this is one of the one of the things is that crime is actually going to bring about the globalism, which is a very negative thing in mm-hmm, the Bible. Mm-hmm. But we need to take a global approach to uh, the dark web and to pedophilia. Yeah, I mean, if, if the dark web, it, it's, you know, you can interact with it across jurisdictions and you also need to police it across jurisdictions. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. <coughs> okay, one more story real quick. There was a mum in the John Hunter Hospital who uh, recently used 128 bags of blood to survive a caesarean section, drained Whoa. the entire um, supply at the hospital. So go out and give blood. One in three people in Australia need blood. One in 30 donate blood. Oh, we need to get ourselves to a blood bank. Absolutely. There's yeah. a need for that. So uh, I know you've been promoting that for a while, Mon. I yes. just wanted to slide that one in there because that's a uh, uh, just highlights the importance. This is Alison Brooke, if not for his love.
you're listening to Alison Brook, if not for his love, here on Faith FM. And Mon, before we get into our interview, got another clue for our quiz there? Yes. What creature am I? Jesus told Peter that he would find money to pay their taxes in one of these. Ah, that's an easy clue. Mm-hmm. Bit of a weird story, but give us a call <laughs> if you know the answer. 1-800-324-843. Okay, so I've got Dr. Ross Grant on the phone today, and this is in response to an article that was in the Record Magazine, I think it was last year, about uh, caffeine. Mm-hmm. And I shared this article on social media, and it suddenly developed a whole life of its own in the last few weeks. Um, and discussion all over the place, and so I figured, hey, you know what? I'm going to get bring the that uh, thing on air. I'm going to get the guy behind it on air. So, Ross, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks very much. Great to be with you. So, just a quick introduction. Uh, Dr. Ross Grant is a biochemical pharmacologist in the School of Medical Sciences, New- University of New South Wales. Clinical Associate Professor at the Sydney Adventist Hospital Clinical School, uh, University of Sydney, and head of the Australasian Research Institute. So, uh, whoa. You already lost me there. <laughs> <laughs> We're really glad that you're able to join us, Ross, because I'm happy to let your expertise um, take over on this one. So this morning, our subject is caffeine in particular. Uh, we're going to be talking, obviously, in the context of you know coffee and tea and so forth. Uh, but you've identified stress, red meat, and caffeine as key factors in the rise of oxidative stress. So to begin with, what is oxidative stress? Yeah, great question. Oxidative stress, when we think about the way the body actually operates, and it's very difficult to do this in a short period of time, and and particularly if I don't have visuals, but if people just remember that what we are is essentially an incredibly intricate and complex binding of chemicals all together, and those chemicals all like to share electrons with each other. That's how water shares it with the hydrogen. Everybody knows H2O, Mm -hmm. and that's oxygen shares its electrons with a hydrogen and two hydrogens. Now, they like to share, between each of the molecules, they like to share them, the electrons in pairs. If one molecule doesn't have a paired electron, it can become what's called a free radical. And what that means is that molecule will go and rip things off, uh, rip electrons off other molecules to try and get its electro- try and get the electron that it doesn't have. Mm-hmm. Now, when it starts ripping things off, it can do damage to things like, uh, you know, the normal membrane of a cell. It can do damage to the DNA, which is the instructions in the cell. So those free radicals, they are often oxygen, mm-hmm. and it's a process we call oxidation. That's where it's called oxidative stress. So if you think of oxidative stress as just free radical damage, and obviously we don't have time to go through all the details of why they're linked, but it's strongly linked to what we call aging. Mm-hmm the process of aging and degenerative diseases. So those degenerative diseases might be happening in terms of the development of cardiovascular disease, might be happening in relation to the development of something like an Alzheimer's. And there is a strong link also to uh, to cancers because of ultimately the dysregulated genome and the damage to the DNA. So you don't want oxidative stress or that free radical damage in the body. If you have it, you tend to age faster and you increase your risk of those diseases that I've mentioned, those degenerative diseases, diseases associated with ageing. So you really don't want those things. Okay, there's more to, to, stress, to, more to, uh, to live longer and look younger, uh, basically. Live longer, live, he- yeah, live longer in a healthier state uh, and look younger, yes. You want much less oxidative stress or free radical damage. So basically, caffeine makes you age quicker and look older. In a nutshell, well, this is, that's incredible. Yeah, look, 
in a nutshell, from from the from the study that we did, and uh, we didn't have any expectations over this. This was um, something that was being done as part of uh, my research team. I had a PhD student working on this one, uh, with no background in, uh, in fact, not a um, not any background in Christianity at all. Mm-hmm. So there was no agenda for this particular study. It's we good to hear that because that was one of the questions that actually came in. Was you know, mm. the philosophy behind it? But yeah, keep keep going. Yeah, no, absolutely no agenda. So we're, we're essentially looking at a whole raft of different things. And if you have a look at that study and you looked at the people that we actually characterised, what we were trying to do was try and see what is it about particular lifestyle habits and then ultimately how they connect with the body to shift the biochemistry either towards health or mm-hmm. towards disease. And it wouldn't have mattered what it was. And so we, you know, essentially you, you put all of this, you know, massive amount of data together and then you start looking for associations using some fairly high-tech techniques and ultimately when this goes through even to be published, you'll get, uh, you know, at least three people out, uh, experts in the field who are sourced internationally uh, by the journal and they'll review it and they'll see whether or not they really believe the methods that you've used and all that sort of stuff. So it gets a lot of rigorous checking. Mm, mm, mm. Um, and in the end, that, that was what came out and it came out surprisingly strongly. And the other really interesting thing is it wasn't just an either or. There was what we call a dose response, which makes you feel even more confident that what you're seeing is an actual effect. Okay, so with a dose response, let me ask this question. How much does it take to find observable results from the impact of caffeine? So, for instance, um, you know, when I was a cabinet maker, my foreman used to uh, you know, drink about three litres of Coke per day, um, yeah. which I would think is probably a fairly heavy dose of caffeine. Yeah, yeah. What, 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 uh, at what point does it become measurable? Okay, if you have a look at that article, and I wouldn't expect anybody to go through it and digest it all, but in the table two that we've got there, you can actually see that what we saw with caffeine was we looked at it up to one, uh, uh, essentially one, the equivalent of, of having one coffee a day, if you like. Okay. And up to one coffee a day, we didn't see much difference. Mm-hmm. But certainly from two coffees and then again over three coffees, we would see this significant decline at two, significant decline by the time you got over three. And uh, so it, it's, uh, you know, when people said to me, well, how much could I take a day? Well, I said, look... From what we've seen, probably one a day is not something that uh, we could observe. Sure. Um, now, I don't, I don't drink coffee, but, uh, you know, that, that's yep. what our data shows. Yep, yep. Okay, so um, we're looking at how this will, you know, obviously increase the, um, the aging process and the, and, and, the, and the possibility of disease and so forth. What about the, uh, the social benefits of the caffeine, coffee, culture? Does that counteract what the coffee is doing in our body, the caffeine is doing to our body? Yeah, look, there's no question, and that's that's the big reason why people do it, because there is a benefit to people in the way they feel. So once they take coffee, they get this nice, uh, uh, they get a little kick, it gives them, increases uh, what they call the reward pathway, so it gives them a little bit of a dopamine kick, serotonin possibly in there as well. And uh, people feel like they, they want to engage with people more, so they sit around with a coffee and they feel like, oh, okay, I'm friendlier. Yes, that's that's there. It certainly happens when you're in the early stages of the use of of this particular drug. But once you start using it on a regular basis, in fact, that essentially disappears. And what you're left with primarily is trying to bring yourself back to normal because the way it works is that it actually inhibits a receptor called the adenosine receptor. What that receptor is for is to tell the body when it's actually running out of energy. And so the body actually is very sensitive to it. When you start using caffeine on a regular basis, the body knows that you've blocked that that receptor. Mm -hmm. And so it tries to upregulate it 
put more on the outside of the cell. And so then you become hypersensitive to running out of energy. So you tend to feel bad very quickly. Right. Yeah, keep going. So in the first instance, yes, you do get uh, a little bit of a kick. Mm-hmm. And yes, even habitual users will feel better after they have caffeine, but usually that's only because they've started to feel quite poorly and mm-hmm. they need to get the caffeine back to make them feel essentially at equilibrium. Okay, so this this kind of, what you're talking about here kind of reminds me of something that I was um, reading in a motoring magazine some time ago um, that mentioned, that talked about the caffeine crash um, yep. and how that um, caffeine combined, with well, the caffeine crash combined with caffeine-induced insomnia was actually lethal on the roads and a major contributor to road fatalities in Australia. So are we, what is that caffeine crash and are we safer to, you know, when we're on a long, long road trip to drive without caffeine? Yeah, absolutely. Let me just explain very quickly how caffeine works. As I mentioned before, it actually blocks the adenosine receptor, mm-hmm. which is... When we, when we need energy in the body, the body uses what's called adenosine triphosphate. So it actually converts all of that sugar and that sort of stuff that you had for breakfast, makes it into this molecule that it can store and the cell will use this molecule, adenosine triphosphate, just means it's got three phosphates. When you start to need that energy, it'll pull off one phosphate, pull off another phosphate. Once it's pulled off the third phosphate, in other words, there's no energy left in them, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then it's just left with adenosine. That leaks out, binds onto the receptor of the cell, and uh, particularly in, in uh, the blood vessels and tells the body, look, we need more nutrients here, slow things down, makes you feel a little bit tired, gets the blood flowing back in there to hopefully replenish those cells, all right? Yep. So adenosine tells you that you need, more, uh, you need more nutrients, you need more energy back there, and the body tries to respond. Mm-hmm. When you put caffeine in, caffeine is a molecule that actually blocks that adenosine receptor. So it actually stops the adenosine from binding. So the body thinks, oh, I must have plenty of energy because my my adenosine receptors aren't firing off. So it actually reduces blood flow, and particularly we found in the last couple of years, actually, there's there's a couple of studies I could cite, but, you know, particularly 2015, one coming out of Zuidau, was saying that uh, it reduces the blood flow to the prefrontal cortex. Now, that part of the brain, that's the frontal lobe. So it actually reduces blood flow there. And so your decision-making is not particularly good. And at the same time, You don't have energy. You didn't replace energy. Caffeine, doesn't matter what source you get it from, caffeine does not provide any nutrient value. It's not providing any energy. It's simply blocking the receptor, blocking the signaling that tells the body that it's tired. It's the same as you driving down the highway, putting your hand over the the warning light telling you that you're running out of petrol. And you just put your hand over it and go, no, I'm okay, Mm -hmm. and keep the foot down. Eventually, you're going to run out. Now, for these people who either might do long-haul trips or they might be night duty shift workers, whatever they are, if they're taking caffeine and taking it on a regular basis to stay awake, you've got to remember that that caffeine is doing nothing about supplying the tissue with the nutrients it needs to keep it awake. Mm -hmm. You're just blocking the body's response to these very significant uh, tiredness signals and saying, no, no, you're not tired. It doesn't know that it's tired. So it is running out of, it's running on empty and it's running out of those, um, you know, uh, important resources. It's reducing the amount of, uh, of uh, blood flow, getting through to that part of the brain that helps you make good decisions. And it doesn't matter whether you're a shift worker in a hospital or whether or not you're on the road driving, you know, a, a semi-trailer. Either way, you're going to make poorer decisions because you don't have access to the information you don't have access to the nutrients that keep that brain part of the brain working well 
That's fascinating. Okay, so we've got a couple of questions or a number of questions that have come in from uh, listeners. And the first one says, um, researchers have discovered that three cups of coffee a day uh, release an enzyme that stops cancer cells forming. Um, caffeine also stops cardiovascular disease and holds off early onset of Alzheimer's. Um, oh, let me, yeah, let me <laughs> take a couple of those if I can. That's really sure. important. So what we do know is that caffeine doesn't release an enzyme, but what it does do is actually reduce what's called angiogenesis. In other words, the reason that I was telling you that, uh, that caffeine actually reduces blood flow into the front part of the lobes, it also can reduce the ability of a cancer to... In order for a cancer to grow, you can have small tumours, but in order for it to grow and ultimately get something that's uh, dangerous, it needs to get its own blood supply. So there is the possibility that it can actually reduce um, the data sheet, an MSDS, mm-hmm. and look for caffeine MSDS, material safety data sheet. They will see that caffeine itself is actually listed as a carcinogen. So the early studies actually show that caffeine itself can induce carcinogenic and other can, can because, induce Yeah, I just noticed that in California they're putting a cancer warning on coffee cups. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of things. So, so like I said, there is this, this effect of caffeine on blood supply, which I've just talked about in terms of keeping the brain healthy mm-hmm. and also in relation to potentially fueling some of these, uh, some of these uh, cancer growths. Um, and there's been a couple of studies. Any of the effects are really quite small. So you and Al, in a, in a meta-analysis back in 2015, uh, published that, yes, the highest uh, coffee drinkers had a close to 10% reduced risk of, um, of progressive prostate cancer uh, compared to the lowest uses. But uh, if you took that with breast cancer, they found that if you were having cough, and I could cite two studies there where the actual, the, the researchers themselves, their, their original hypothesis was that it was going to improve creative mm. thinking because look at all these creative people who use caffeine. Yeah, and that's both incredible. Studies, uh, so yeah, many creatives, you know, they, they cite caffeine as like almost like their elixir of creativity. Yeah, yeah, well, really interesting. So caffeine keeps you awake but doesn't actually improve creativity so i mean the first study came out of the university of texas was an honors project and they found that it decreased creative thinking uh and and uh uh, surprisingly to everybody and they just gave them caffeinated gum for that one uh and the other study which actually came out of a group who was a a consumer research group back in 2014 published that caffeinated beverage and they expected the opposite uh led to lower overall levels of creativity and so in both cases, they were surprised. And it's when you think about it, and then with the more recent studies showing how it reduces blood flow to that frontal lobe, the frontal lobe is so important for being able to do what we call divergent thinking. In other words, allowing you to access things in a way which is creative. If you shut blood flow down to that, yes, you won't make such good decisions in complex areas. And you won't also be able to access those parts of the brain that help you to be genuinely creative, come up with new ideas. It keeps you awake. Yeah, Mm. it keeps you awake, but doesn't actually allow you to think. Wow. Okay, so another question is asking about, um, you know, poor quality coffee that has toxins and mold compared to, say, upgraded coffee or bulletproof coffee, which is mixed with medium chain triglycerides. Um, Yeah, okay. 
Look, this is sort of getting into an area outside of probably the cabin itself, and you could take any beverage and say, well, look, if I adulterate it with all sorts of rubbish, is that going to be better than something I don't adulterate with all sorts of rubbish? (laughs) And, of course, you would say, yes, of course, if you're going to drink something, whatever it is, making sure that it's of a more pure. Um, Putting in the medium chain, um, you know, triglycerides, medium chain fatty acids, it doesn't, that's not going to improve. It, it might improve some of the taste. Sure. Um, and the body does like to use things like medium-chain fatty acids as opposed to the longer-chain ones, which it's harder to uh, metabolize and increases cholesterol and things yeah. like that. Um, but I think that sort of gets a little bit off the yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, off the point a bit there. Okay, so coming back to um, somebody wanted, else wanted to know about uh, black tea, green tea, kombucha, chocolate, energy drinks, and you know whatever else contains caffeine. Are yeah. these all things that we should be avoiding? Look, I think it's a question of, of the amounts that are in those. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you have a look at chocolate, chocolate has probably only about three grams uh, in, in relatively comparison to, let's just say, a black tea, which has about uh, 90 milligrams. I should say milligrams, not, not three grams, three milligrams for, for a bar of chocolate. Sure. Um, uh, a, a, a black tea, normal black tea, will probably have somewhere between about 70 and 90 milligrams. A coffee will have somewhere between probably about 80, depending a week, up to maybe 120, although some of the, 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 the coffee shots can get up to even close to 200 milligrams. Um, if you look at a green tea, a green tea will have somewhere probably between about 10 and 20 milligrams of, of caffeine uh, per cup. So this, you know, it's it is a question of of concentration, sure. um, and there are other things that are in there as well. If you look at the chocolates, yes, I mean you've got a lot of fat and sugar in there, and and uh, there are lots of benefits to the to the cacao uh, bean and a lot of uh, uh, polyphenols coming in there, which have got some beneficial effects. The theobromine, which is works a little bit differently, same receptors or similar receptors, but differently to caffeine. Uh, and so we don't think theobromine is, is of quite the same negative impact as the caffeine itself. Uh, so drinking mm. chocolate, uh, we would tend to be uh, a little bit more relaxed on in terms of its health benefits compared to uh, something with, with the caffeinated uh, uh, beverage. And kombucha is a, uh, a, a trendy drink right now. Is that a caffeinated beverage? You can put kombucha, so you can make kombucha out of, out of a number of different things. So okay. it, you don't have to make it out of any of the uh, the green tea or black tea. You can make it out of other things. It's the it's the culture that goes in there. You can make it on, uh, uh, you know, you can you can put it on uh, um, uh, other sources. You could put you could use uh, real bush tea or red mm-hmm. bush tea if sure. you like. Sure. Um, so yes, but if you use a, a tea as a base, then you're still going to be getting the yeah. caffeine in there. The, the, the kombucha doesn't, the culture doesn't actually take away that. Thank you so much for joining us, Ross. It's been a pleasure having you on the show and we've got uh, a little bit off the subject there, I guess, but um, really, really good information and uh, just fantastic to, uh, to hear that. Um, we're going to move on right now. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.